going to talk about knowing today. And as I thought about knowing, uh, I thought about my own life. And back when I was 13, I thought I knew it all. When I was 26, I did know it all. When I turned 46, I realized that I'm pretty sure I knew it all. And now at 66, I realized that the more I know, the more I don't know. Wisdom comes as you get older. Um, and we realize that uh, there is so much more for us to know than what we know. And what is true about life in general is even more true about our relationship with God. The more I read God's word and try to um, focus my thoughts and my heart and on it, uh, the deeper it goes, I go with the Lord. It's, it's like digging deeper and deeper and there's really no bottom. You just keep learning. And for those of you who would say today, well, I've read the Bible. In fact, I've read it a few times, and I know what it's all about. I would say to you, no, you don't. Because we never get to the point where we know God in his fullness. Express, accept his grace in its fullness. And the, the more I pray and seek to learn how to pray, the more I realize that I really don't know how to pray at all. But I do pray. Even in my feebleness, I pray. And God in his grace and his love and his mercy hears me. He hears you. He hears the littlest of the kids. And he hears the oldest of us adults. And even when we don't know how to pray, the scriptures say that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are interceding for us. When we don't know how to pray, they know what we need. And Jesus brings that before the Father. And that's why we pray in Jesus' name and through him, and I would even say with him. Jesus always prays what is right and good. That's good to know. That even though Randall doesn't get it right and don't always know what the right thing is, and as we will look in this passage today, um, I don't always know what God's will is in a situation. Jesus does. And if I get it wrong, it doesn't mean that Jesus gets it wrong. Jesus says, Jesus will always pray the will of God because he is God. Not about you, but that, that brings me hope, can bring me peace. 
So John has been has written this letter to the church. And over the last 11 weeks, we have walked through um, that letter. And now we come to the end of the letter. In fact, we come to uh, the last sentence. We're in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. John writes this. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know, that you may know that you have eternal life. John says, the reason I have written all of this stuff and have dealt with the false teachings and those who have tried to uh, turn your mind away from the truth of who Jesus is and what he came to, to do. The, the whole reason I wrote this letter to you is so that you would know that those who believe in Jesus as the Son of God have eternal life. John wrote in his gospel recorded in his gospel the, the high priestly prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17, and he says in verse 3, he says, this is eternal life. This is eternal life. That you would know the true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. John in the letter says, I want you to know that you have eternal life. John in his gospel says and defines for us, this is eternal life. That you will know the true God in Jesus Christ whom he has sent. You see, that's what eternal life is. That's why eternal life can start right now. When I believe in the true God and I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he came as the incarnate word of God and that he lived and taught us and he died in our place as the atoning sacrifice and that he rose again, all the things that we sang about this morning, not only that he rose again, but he is coming again. That's eternal life. It starts now because... Even in the feebleness of my mind, I can know those things. I've held on to those things. That's eternal life. And then when I die or when the Lord comes and, and takes us, his children, out of this world, which we also sang about, that desperate place, for eternity, all, what we will do is know the true God. Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Eternity is about knowing God deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And so John finishes his letter. This is the reason I wrote to you, that you would know that you have eternal life as you believe, put your trust and your faith and your hope that you would surrender your life to Jesus. You'll have eternal life. That's the last sentence in the letter. Grammatically, it, it ends up there. And then John essentially says this. 
Oh, by the way, you ever done that? Read that in somebody's letter? They kind of say, I'm, I'm done. Have you ever sat in, how many sermons have you heard <laughs> where the pastor says, and my final point is, and he says his final point, and then he says, oh, by the way, I've got a little bit more. When the pastor says, this is my final point, that really means we got about 15 minutes left to go. So settle in. So John says, oh, by the way, and what he is going to tell you is that we can have confidence in Jesus Christ, that we can come before him, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that is, toward Jesus, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. If anyone sees a brother committing a sin, not leading to death, he shall ask God, and God will give him life. Those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray about that, for all wrongdoing is sin, but there is a sin that does not lead to death. Now, kind of like last week's sermon, there are some things in there that you kind of, what? So I can pray for those who are sinning, but there is a sin. That's the, that's the big question you are all asking right now in your head. What is that sin that leads to death? Because I'm a sinner saved by grace, and I, but I don't want to do that sin. I'll do the little ones because they don't lead to death. But there's one that um, does lead to death. And I'm here to tell you that all the biblical scholars that I have read and looking at this passage I don't have the foggiest idea what he's talking about now there have been people who said the, the sin that leads to death is apostasy following Jesus turning away from him and that's what was happening in this letter. There were those who would follow Jesus, but kind of made up their own religion and were trying to turn people away. They were turning away. John says that they weren't really of us. They turned away. Some say that the, the sin that uh, leads to death is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And the Gospels tell us that, that there is a sin that's not forgiven. It's the unforgivable sin that we blaspheme, we speak against the Holy Spirit. And that makes sense, that that would be an unforgivable sin, because what you are essentially saying, I don't believe. Well, guess what? If you don't believe in Jesus, in who he is as God's son, as the savior of the world, as the almighty God, heaven does not wait for you. It's only as we surrender our lives to Jesus that we have this eternal life. Some say that there are sins of neglect or ignorance, you know, where we say, I didn't know. Some say that there are sins of uh, presumptuousness or premeditation. And maybe that's the sin he's talking about, a sin when we uh, plan to sin. And I th think we've all done that, haven't we? 
We know it's sin, but we do it anyway. Because let's be honest with one another, sin is really fun. I mean, it's not like hitting your hand with a hammer. You do that once in life, you realize, I never want to do that again. It may happen, but you do everything in your power, make sure that your hand does not get stuck under the blow of that hammer. If that's the way sin was, most of us would have given it up a long time ago. But the thing is, uh, sin is like a hot fudge sundae. It's enticing. It tastes good. But eat enough hot fudge sundaes and it will do you in. So what is this sin? The, the last thing that some of them said was there is a sin that leads to death is the sin that um, God doesn't physically save you from. The person who drinks and drives and runs his car into a redwood tree and we have a uh, bumper stick in California in the redwood forest that says, attention, redwood trees do not move over. But God doesn't always save the person from that. There are some consequences of sin that will kill you. So we have to come away from this and say we don't really understand what John is writing. Maybe his readers did. They understood the, the John had maybe taught him them more in that we don't have, that we're not privy to. But John says to us, in essence, he said, oh, by the way, you can have confidence in praying that you will receive what you pray for if we pray, here's the caveat, if we pray according to Jesus' will. And so we're on our knees and we're praying and there's that little thing going on in our head that says, is this God's will? How do I know? Well, there's a couple things we can know for sure. First of all, we are to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. That's God's will. So if we pray about that, we always know that we are praying in the midst of God's will. But if I also know that Jesus is always, Jesus is always praying in God's will, my responsibility as I begin to see it is that I saddle up next to Jesus. Maybe put my hand in his hand. And I look to Jesus and I say, whatever you're praying for, Jesus, I agree. That's praying according to God's will. It's, it's more about, see, this is really difficult, but prayer, because we haven't learned this, prayer is more about listening than it is about talking. And I've led lots of prayer meetings in my life, and sometimes I said, let's take some time and just sit quietly before the Lord. Let's just sit and listen. 
And most people are good for about 42 seconds. And somebody's going to talk. Because you feel incredibly uncomfortable. Because really, we're not used to sitting with Jesus. We're learning. We'll learn from him. We'll read from him. We pray to him. We sing um, with the heavenly host. But we're not really good at listening. But that's the way we know God's will. And in context here, uh, John is writing and he says, we have confidence that we can come before Jesus and we pray according to his will. And here's what we're praying about. We're praying about brothers and sisters who are caught in sin. We're praying that God would release them from the power of sin. Now, remember John is talking to the church. And John refers to brothers here, brothers and sisters. So it's not that eternal sin nature that's been done with on the cross. We're talking about those sins that still grab a hold of us. That lust, that pride, that anger. It's self-centeredness, those sins. And he says, we're going to pray according to God's will. Since you can pray according to God's will, and when you pray according to God's will, you know you will get it. Pray for your brothers and sisters who are caught in sin. Because it is the will of God that they not be caught in sin. God will give them life. And just one more thing on this, oh yeah, by the way, too often we focus, and this is true in all of scripture, we focus on the exception rather than the rule. We are given lots of stuff that we can do, and then there's this one thing about the sin leading to death, and we spend all the time here and we search and we cross-reference and we pull the books off the shelves and we waste a terrible amount of time rather than doing the things that we know to do. So John finishes with verse 13 and he says, oh, by the way, and then he writes one more thing. Just one more thing. Verse 18, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God, God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God, we are his children, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. We know that, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. We are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Back to the gospel. This is eternal life, to know the true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. So John says, oh yeah, one more thing, know that it's possible to know God. 
God has made himself available to you. He says to you, come, come and learn of me, Jesus says. See that I am humble and gentle of heart. Come, come on. Listen to me. Know me. Go deeper with me. I want you to know me. I want you to know me in my fullness. He wants us to know, John says, I want you to know that there is eternal life and that you have it as you trust in Jesus. I want you to know um, that prayer is effective and you are called into it. And he says there's that one more thing. Know that you can know God and that he wants to know you and go there. Then John signs his letter. P.S. P.S. Postscript. I need to write this. Little children, keep yourself holy. We are saved by the work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. We are given new life because of his resurrection. We can pray with him and through him. We can know God. There's all these things that we can know and that are already available to us. And then John says, P.S. Live holy. Yeah, your sins are forgiven. And if you commit a sin today, it can be forgiven. Remember John says earlier in his letters, if we sin, we confess our sin. And there is the righteous one, Jesus, who forgives us of our sins and cleanses us from all righteousness. Yes, we can go there and do that. But John just says, P.S., keep yourself from idols. And whatever that idol is for you, we all have them. Sometimes it's right in the mirror. Sometimes it's in our garage. Sometimes it's the books on our shelves or the food in our refrigerator or the clothes that we wear or the music that we listen to or the sports teams like the Rams who will win the Super Bowl today. Well, I can't cheer on the Chiefs, losers that they are. Keep yourself from idols. Don't sin. Remember that eternal life is yours. Sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ our Lord. In his name let us pray. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. 
or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.